This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Archbishop Vigano dropped a letter on the world late on the eve of Thanksgiving, and while a few websites posted it, as usual, few of you actually managed to see it, so I thought it would be good to present this sober letter at the start of Advent for your consideration, and I hope your Advent is going well so far. This letter is written to Franco Guillo Brambilla, Bishop of Novara, Italy. Bishop Brambilla has decided to impose a draconian implementation of Traditionis Custodis on his diocese, breaking the hearts of the faithful in the process. The Bergoglians hate the traditional liturgy because it reminds them of the Catholic faith that their particular faction of modernists has been trying to bury in the church since the council. They've pretty much admitted this, by the way, that that's what they're doing and why they hate the Mass, saying that the traditional Mass that has been said since the 5th century and has evolved naturally over time is not compatible with Catholicism today. It's an astonishing admission that Cardinal Roach and others have made, and Vigano actually touches on that admission and its implications in this letter. Bishop Franco Guillo Brambilla is, like many Italian bishops, faced with severely declining mass attendance, which is the gift that Vatican II brought to the church and is a problem that has, been, that has gotten much worse under Paca Papa Francis, especially in light of the church declaring at Francis's order that going to mass was not essential in 2020 and agreed to shut down and then lasting in many places until recently. In Chicago, for example, Cardinal Supich just reinstated the Sunday Mass obligation in late 2022. Yeah, he did that, which is mind-blowing if you stop to think about it. In Italy, the problem is actually worse, with six dioceses having no bishop over them, and dwindling Mass attendance to such a degree that there are now serious talks of combining several of these dioceses into one or two larger dioceses. And these are ancient dioceses too, which makes the problem even worse. It's amidst these problems that Bishop Rambilla decided to implement Traditionis Custodis. Statistically speaking, it is those Catholics, those rigid, traditional, neo-pharisaical Catholics who attend the TLM that give the most money and are willing to help the diocese with other works and actually believe everything the church professes and teaches to be true. All the research bears this out consistently. This is the group of Catholics that the bishop wants to alienate. Why? Because the modernists have convinced you that the highest duty you have as a Catholic is obedience to the man sitting on the throne of Peter. It doesn't matter much how much of a destroyer he is, like Francis or his alliance with the actual enemies of the church and their demonic programs that undermine the church. No, none of that actually matters. We are expected to submit to, according to the warped interpretation of magisterial authority used in the church in our time. It's against this backdrop that Archbishop Vigano wrote this letter. Now, I'm going to handle this letter a little bit differently than most of his other letters. I'm going to read parts of the, I'm going to go over the whole thing, but I'm going to read it in parts and then explain, give a little bit of a small explanation or some context to what he's saying. Most of this letter is written in very plain language, which I appreciate, since Archbishop Vigano likes to often get deep into theology, which can be hard for the audience to wrestle with. The letter is also not terribly long, clocking in at about nine minutes in length, which compared to some of his other letters recently is also pretty short. So let's dive into this. Open letter to His Excellency Monsignor Franco Guillo Brambia, Bishop of Novara, on the application of Traditionis Custodis. Most Reverend Excellency, your recent decision to suspend the celebration of the Tridentine liturgy in the Church of Volcogagno in the chapel of San Biagio in 
the Osola Valley, Piedmont, Italy, has provoked a great bitterness in the thousands of the faithful and in the priests who are tied to the traditional rite. After years of application of the motu proprio Samorum Pontificum, the coldness with which you have executed Traditionis Custodis has aroused deep indignation, despite the fact that the Code of Canon Law gives diocesan ordinaries faculties that would permit you to derogate from it. I can understand how your role as bishop and successor of the apostles is being tested by the pressure of an evident authoritarianism exercised by Rome. I equally understand that, having to choose between obedience to the Roman diktats and the protection of the sacrosanct rights of the faithful, the most humanly simple choice is one that in other times led Don Abondio to become complicit in the impression of Don Rodrigo and the Innominato. This mass does not have to be done because that is what the powerful want. Okay, so Vigano opted for a soft opening here. He's trying to express sympathy for the position of the bishop. Each bishop in Italy and beyond, but especially in Italy, operates under the shadow of Francis and a Roman curia that has more than demonstrated a willingness to depose bishops who refuse to go along with their modernist program. You really only have to look to the example of Bishop Fernandez Torres in Puerto Rico, which is not exactly close to Italy, who, for the crime of not sending his seminarians to the one hyper-modernist seminary in Puerto Rico, and being generally neutral to the Latin mass, and for not going along with Francis's bizarre program and going along with the world's dictates in 2020, was removed from his Episcopal seat, and his fate is now otherwise unknown. Vigano is telling the bishop here that he sympathizes with his position to operate under such conditions. Let's move on. The Church of Mercy finds itself exercising its power with the force of coercion, which fails when it ought to instead be used to heal situations that are much more serious. Theological deviations, moral abrogations, sacrileges, and irreverences in the liturgical ambit. The image of the hierarchy given to the people of God is summed up in the adage, strong with the weak, weak with the strong, which, if you will permit me to say so, is the exact opposite of what you pledge to do as a bishop. The multiple appeals to parisia and synodality are daily disavowed by authoritarian decisions, moved by that clericalism that is so often deplored in words. What hateful crime did the faithful of Vocoagno and San Biagio commit to deserve being deprived of the traditional mass, which was recognized by Benedict XVI as never abrogated, and today is canceled as divisive because it is contrary to the ecclesiology of Vatican II? Where did the famous hermeneutic of continuity go? Where is the attention for the people of God and the listening about which so many bishops speak at the Synod on Synodality? In the Niceno-Constantinopolitan Creed, we profess that the Church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. She is one not only in her diffusion across the entire world, but also in the passage of time and in the unfolding of events. The faithful Catholic is in communion not only with the Church of his own time, but he must necessarily also be in communion with the Church of all times, with the Church of the Catacombs, of Constantine, of St. Bernard, of St. Pius V, and Blessed Pius IX. The Lex Credendi and the Lex Orandi that expresses it cannot be susceptible to adulterations dictated by the latest fashions or contingencies. But if the Lex Orandi, born from the modernist mind of Annibale Bugnini, is recognized as the only cultic expression of the quote-unquote conciliar church, this means that the doctrine it expresses is other than, and is opposed to, the teaching of our Lord to the apostles, handed down over the centuries and faithfully guarded by the Catholic Church. If this rupture with the tradition is 
recognized and admitted by the drafter of Traditionis Custodis himself, this places the quote-unquote conciliar church outside of Catholic tradition, thereby eliminating any legitimate authority to promulgate laws in contrast with the purposes for which the Lord instituted that authority. Vigano is trying to point out the obvious to Bishop Rambilla here, that Rome has rejected the hermeneutic of continuity, has embraced the hermeneutic of rupture, and has stated unequivocally that the church from before the council no longer exists. The council brought something new into being, essentially making a more, the, the modernists make a more extreme version of the argument that traditionalists make. We don't say the church doesn't exist anymore, but it's otherwise the same argument. This rupture places the modernists outside the church. And for pointing out what came from Vatican II is not compatible with what we have now in the church, but because they use their God-given authority to work against the purposes of Jesus Christ himself, which is why they are outside the church. They try to undermine our Lord. The modernists have turned the church into something she is not. This vision of a synodal conciliar church is not Catholic. And is promote, and in so promoting this evil vision, the modernists have surrendered all claims to real Catholic authority they have. We as Catholics have no duty to submit to their authority. That is Vigano's point here. Let's continue. I do not know if your excellency shares this vision, and if you consider the Holy Tridentine Mass as irreconcilable and extraneous to the, quote, synodal church. It seems to me that your decision, beyond revealing an exercise of Episcopal authority that has been unchained from the duty to guard the depositum fide, demonstrates a worrisome distance from the ecclesial body, a victim of the volubility and idiosyncrasies of a hierarchy that follows its own ideological program, without having even the slightest concern for the consequences that it may have. The result is a very unflattering image of shepherds, in whom the rerum novartum cupitatis, greed for novelties, tramples with impunity the immutable magisterium of the church, the legitimate rights of priests, and the spiritual necessities of the faithful, who, as you know, ask nothing from their bishop other than to be allowed to be free to enjoy the use of a right that for centuries has been the praying voice of the church, and which 60 years of failures and aberrations cannot render illegitimate only because it brings to light deceptions and falsifications. I wonder what to teach what teaching the faithful of the Diocese of Novara, and also the millions of traditional faithful around the world, will draw from this authoritarian use of power against the very purposes from which it draws its legitimacy. Whether they obey an order that they consider unjust or oppose it in the name of obedience to God rather than to men, the authority of the shepherds is totally discredited, because that which yesterday the church taught and recommended is, today, despised and prohibited by those holding roles of governance in the church while that which earlier was considered contrary to the teaching of Christ is now pointed out as a model to follow. What reproach could ever be uttered against the priests and faithful tied to the use of Santicor, who, almost all of them without conviction and merely out of conformism, have resigned themselves to the imposition of the Novus Ordo? The fact that they desire the adoration of God, recollection and decorum in the celebration, the unparalleled richness of the traditional liturgical texts, compared to the deliberate equivocal vacuousness of the performed right of the reformed right, the yearning to see the glory of the heavenly court anticipated here on earth, the pious contemplation of the passion of Christ, in place of a noisy fraternal agape in which the Lord is only the alibi for celebrating oneself. What is so intolerable, so deplorable in wanting to pray with the sacred words handed down to us by two thousand years of faith? The faithful and priests of Vacogno, like all Catholics scattered throughout the dioceses of the world, will find a way to escape these diktats, just as happened at the time of the Arian heresy, during the pseudo-reformation, 
or at the time of the Anglican schism. Their suffering due to the deprivation of an inalienable right is a test of fidelity that makes them pleasing to God, just like what the refractory clergy did during the time of the terror in France. But do not believe that you are winning them over to the new right, or that you are bending their determination to remain faithful to the religion of their fathers. At most, you will be able to impede them from having the consolation of daily mass, or assisting at the liturgical functions on Sundays and holy days, but all this will not favor either harmony among the faithful or the respect for ecclesiastical authority. Here Vigano is warning the bishop of what is inevitably going to happen. The faithful will resist him the way the faithful are resisting the monstrous bishops around the world. They're hosting priests for masses in homes, receiving the sacraments from independent priests, and or attending mass with the SSPX and other organizations who long since saw the writing on the wall and have dedicated themselves to the defense of the faith against the, the worst enemies within the church. The bishop is being warned here that if he goes along or goes through with his, this plan, he will face the same kind of resistance and only discredit himself further by going along with the Vatican's plans to bury the faith. Continuing with Vigano's letter, time will prove them right, as has always happened in the events that have contrasted Catholic orthodoxy professed by the simple against the heretical deviations imposed by misguided or subverted authority. The judgment of God will also prove them right, to which you will have to render an account of your own work as bishop. The Bergoglian Sanhedrin will not judge you, nor will the Presbyterial Council, nor the false friends who self-interestedly support you in this already, lost battle to hold together the conciliar narrative that has now been discredited. I believe, therefore, that a solitary reflection on the last things and your eternal destiny is most appropriate, also considering your age and the inevitability of your meeting with the just judge. If you believe you have acted and are acting according to God's will, you have nothing to fear. You may continue to consider the faithful and priests of the Valladosa as rebels. You may prohibit traditional masses and demonstrate all of your unconditional subjection to the power presently in place. But remember that the powerful of the world pass away, and those who support and follow them are destined to follow them into oblivion or unanimous con condemnation. With the hope that the awareness of the time remaining to you to merit eternal glory will spur you on to retrace your steps and perform an act of true charity towards the faithful entrusted to your care, I assure your excellency that I will remember you in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, of St. Pius V, obviously, imploring the paraclete to illumine with his gift of counsel your most reverend excellency, to whom I am most devoted in Christ. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. Postscript. This letter is also addressed to the brother bishops of Bishop Brambia and to the bishops who find themselves exposed to pressure from the Roman Curia to systematically nullify the beneficial effects of the motu proprio Samorum Pontificum. Dated the 18th of November, 2022. Perhaps the most sober part of this letter and something we all need to be reminded of. We will all one day, without fail, stand before our blessed Lord in judgment. Every single one of us. We will not have our eternity determined by our peers, by our favorite podcasters, by the people of the world. No, we will be judged by the just judge. And that day will come sooner for each of us than we think. We will all have to make an accounting to Christ for what we have done in this life. For every word spoken, for every sin committed, for all every grace squandered. All of it. It's a sobering thought. And those bishops who smash the traditional faith are going to be in for a rather rude awakening when that day comes unless they repent. Our Lord, <clears throat> our Lord always welcomes a con contrite heart, which is why Vigano is trying to reach this bishop. 
and why he closes the letter as he does. But in there is a lesson for all of us, too, especially something for us to consider in Advent, given the purpose of the Advent of our Lord. That was Vigano's letter to Bishop Franco Guillo Brambilla. I can't imagine being a bishop who lives and works near Francis the way this bishop does. That's got to be a different experience. It really does. But does Vigano's letter here add anything to the conversation for you? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.